I'm talking to Amanda today. She has something called Prior Integration Service, which is like um, a mental health support for foreigners. And uh, she started this as a kind of a volunteering charity thing uh, before COVID came um, and alongside her job. And it was just uh, supposed to be a hobby, but it boomed because when people are locked up, um, told not to go out and that they're all going to die and, you know, you scare the shit out of them with, <coughs> yeah, some crisis, then a lot of troubles knocks on the doors, like, you know, increased drinking, substance abuse, domestic violence, a, a lot of these things that the people who were scaring you about the virus didn't really care about. You know, nobody cares about that abused kid somewhere that will be paying for this for the rest of the life because we saved a 95-year-old somewhere in a pension home. So she told me about this, um, about herself. She has HD, HD, attention disorder, or, or I don't know what it is, yeah, attention disorder, I think it's called. Um, anyway, she told me about how that is, how, how she managed that in her life and uh, what she thinks about the corporate world, which she spent some time in and uh, where she thinks that uh, this mental health support stuff is going. One good thing about the COVID um, hysteria is that uh, there's more availability now. There's, it's easier to reach out. It's easier to find those services. Of course, there's a lot of weight and so on, but it's it's more available. So so that's a po one of the positive things from this. Um, a little bit about the sponsors, guys. Um, that's the Old Bar Prague Cypher Toa 21 in Shishkov. Um, super good for both drop-ins to, to eat quickly there or take away or order on Walt or Bolt. Amazing oatmeal with great toppings, skier, homemade goodies and uh, juices, coffee, and great atmosphere, amazing service. Um, there is no coincidence that the Old Bar is rated as one of the highest rated restaurants in, in the city. And then there is Alfred Jobs, Alfred.tz. Uh, it's an app or a web page where you can set up a profile and a job board so that you get sent any relevant job that you might be interested in. And you don't need to be browsing tons of other pages and stuff like that. You can apply f with one click for everyone, uh, for every job. And, um, you know, it's not like a typical CV database where people are selling access to you. It's actually private, so no, no one knows that you are there. Check it out, guys. Thanks. Okay, we are recording now, Amanda. How are you? I'm very well. Yeah. Very well today. How yeah. do I say your last name? Ma Ma Mataya. 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 Yes. Amanda Mataya. Yes. It's a Croat name, right? Name uh, is not Croatian. It's from the <laughs> American soap opera dynasty that my mother was watching while she was pregnant with me. And there was an actress named Amanda. Uh-huh. And uh, that's how I got my name, Amanda. I never met any Amanda that lives in Croatia, so I think... <laughs> oh, it's a unit? It's, it's <laughs> not a common name? And no, of course not. It's Brazilian-American name, Amanda. Mataya as a surname is Croatian, but Amanda belongs to dynasty. other continent and dynasty, yeah. So I guess Dynasty was not super popular. It was only your mom that used the name, I mean... <laughs> in Yugoslavia, it was very popular. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember actually Dynasty on, on television in, in Iceland. And in, uh, yeah, it was, uh, 
Dallas and then Dynasty and, and these soap operas. And then operas. Santa Barbara. Ah, Santa Barbara. Oh, fuck, I, love, I fucking love it. <laughs> I love that show. I would always go home from school and watch it with my mom in the afternoon and always fall asleep. And my mom would always be, oh, why are you even pretending that you're watching this? You're just sleeping here. But I, yeah, I love uh, Santa And Santa Barbara is still on. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, so... Yeah, welcome, welcome here, and, and um, thank you. Um, I found you through a mutual friend that was actually on my podcast a few episodes ago. Uh, Kathleen, she's mm-hmm. a she's a clairvoyant, or uh, I don't know, she reads tarot cards. She does. And stuff. She read yeah. mine as well. Yeah. Hi to Kathleen. <laughs> and how how what came out of your cards? Well, she guessed a lot, uh, yeah? primarily regarding my uh, personality. And we were we were discussing about some uh, my dating adventures and <laughs> yeah. future about it. She predicted a lot. Yeah. Well, uh, regarding my personality, uh, she she discovered that I am very much always rushing somewhere and that I'm very much having a lot of things to say, things to do, mm. and kind of always having my mind, my brain, you know, always switched on <laughs> yeah and uh yeah that's uh what i what i saw from that the the whole process of the of the tarot reading yeah i found quite fascinating because it's certainly very uh unexpected that she managed to you know uh guess it so mm-hmm. it was it but that's was a good that's the thing with this like most of the people who are doing this um they have something. They have some gift. They, well, you know, I do think that there's yeah. a gift in a way. I, I'm telling you, I did not believe it that, but it was a very rich tarot reading, and I learned a lot about myself. You mm. know, so. But it wasn't it scary? It's never no. scary to. Well, I already learned and knew these things about myself, so mm. uh, I actually, you know, enjoyed the encounter, and also uh, with the tarot, there came a little bit of advisory from. Kathleen's side, mm. so it was also like a healing in a way. Mm. So that's what I liked about her tarot reading. Yeah, I I don't know. I I've always been a little bit afraid of anything like this because somehow that I find out something about myself that I either don't like or I lose myself somehow. Oh, you okay. know. So I, I, yeah, I'm I, I'm actually I was invited now to do some hypnotherapy and I'm so fucking scared. When are you going? In December, and I've I, and I've 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 already postponed it three times because I'm so I'm so afraid that I will come out of it somehow different. And it's not like who I am is perfect, you know. There are things that I could improve, of course. But it's still this fear of you know. I, I get know. it. Sometimes we we fear the things you know that are deeply in, inside, inside of us, and we know yeah. that they are there, but yeah. we keep them inside mm. because if they come out, it will be scary for us to face them. But yeah. From this we grow, you know. So uh, maybe hypnotherapy will do you good. Yeah, but talking about that, actually, I went to I went to therapy. Um, I don't know, like twelve, thirteen years ago for the first time, and and it was it was actually a big relief because the moment, first of all, just the step to go to a therapist was already. I felt like okay, I'm doing something about my problems, and uh, and then secondly. I realized after like two or three <laughs> visits there that nothing about what I was dealing with was unique to me. That had actually, she had like four or five books about it. And I was like, hmm, okay, so 
maybe it's not a hopeless case. Actually, there are solutions to these things that are um, that that I'm challenged by. So, I but I just often think that this step to to actually go and say it's out of my hands or I need answers that I don't have inside me, and that's that's the biggest step. Yeah, that's true. Mm. I think the the power of the therapy, especially this first thing when you admit you say, you know, let me go for it, let me try, you know, mm. and the part where you're actually leaving your soul and you're talking to a complete stranger mm-hmm. who is completely objective. Mm. You know, one thing is to say stuff, your personal stuff to your family, to your friends and so on. We'll always have a little bit of subjectiveness. But therapist, that person is completely out of our circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just relieving gives a lot of you know, po- positivity I'm talking about the first phase of the mm. therapy. Yeah, because, I mean, if you go and admit your issues or talk about your issues to your family or friends, they will always have, like, a, an idea in their head of who you should mm. be, you know, or 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 they are biased towards pushing you to live the same life like they, they do or make the same choices like they do. But But a therapist just doesn't care, you know. And they fear a lot about us, you know. They care about us yeah from that there can be some selfish mm-hmm. you know decisions on word from from their mouth coming that are not so good you know in the terms mm-hmm. of uh, giving someone advice or so on so mm-hmm. not saying that we don't have to ask them for advice but of course that the power of the therapy is an unmeasurable yeah compared to that yeah. compared to that yeah but talking about that so so you you actually run something called uh, Prague integration service right yeah Prague integration courses Prague integration yeah. courses, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what is that? Well, it started as, by the name, as you can see, uh, Prague integration started as an integration course, mm. meaning I wanted to organize workshops for the experts coming here and, you know, helping them to know Prague better mm. in terms of a practical stuff, in terms of finding a job, uh, things to give them information about the health system, transportation, social activities, some basic language courses and so on. And then uh, COVID actually, you know, happened. Mm. Yeah. So uh, Right when you were starting. Yeah, this. actually I started in February 2020 with this uh-huh. idea of volunteering project. And then the COVID happened and the meetings that are supposed to be in person could not happen in person. And as you know, the borders were closed, so there were not a lot of experts moving. Mm. That was the kind of a showing me, okay, you know, this won't work, yeah, because I people just won't meet. Mm. Yeah, so this is when Prague integration started to transfer in more like a service for support of the experts, meaning that we started to do stuff connected with uh, mental health, mm-hmm. okay? So it was more like stress management in COVID or uh, relaxation in times of relaxation techniques or crisis intervention that we're doing with a company called Terapio. But everything was very on a voluntarily basis and for the broader masses in terms of uh, webinars. Mm-hmm. So, so not like an individual one-on-one session? No, because I had it as a volunteering project mm. because there are, first of all, I worked in... I had a full-time employment in HP, Hewlett-Packard Enterprise. Mm. And uh, second, I, you know, it was COVID and I wanted to do something good for the community and I had extra time as well. So besides uh, baking bread and 
baking normal bread and <laughs> baking banana bread. I also wanted to do something that was my passion and my vocation as I'm social worker mm. by profession, yeah. Mm. So that's kind of a, the idea, you know, rolled. Mm. And then later it uh, become fully mental health service. Later I registered, hired people, and then I developed a mental health model. So you, and you built this, I mean, now when I checked your homepage, I mean, you have... 15, 20 people yeah. in, in that, that are su- providing services. Providing to service, yeah, 23 for now. Uh-huh. Planning four more by the January. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you, you kind of went from wanting to create a nice little, uh, how do you say, like a volunteering charity thingy to yeah. run a mental health service for expats yeah. with 23 people yeah. In, yeah. in like one and a half year. Yeah, that was... I. St- you know, when I when people tell me that and people repeat that often, for me it sounds completely naturally because I just one thing happens after one the other. One thing yeah, happened yeah. after another so fast; it rolled so fast that I didn't even turn around, and I had twenty-three people, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of these people actually know, yeah, from before, and I had the luck that I'm in kind of a disenvironment with the people who are really eager to work with expats and who are in mental health profession as well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a helped me to build it. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm, I'm here in Prague for like six years. I know a lot of people. So getting some other team members and expanding to more projects was also mainly to the networking part. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that helped me actually a lot. Yeah. And you're very talkative. So it's easy for you to network. I I'm guess. very talkative, yeah. very, very. And uh, but, but I guess, I mean, obviously the the target group of your services or the people that are using your services are primarily, I guess, expats. I have some checks as well. Yeah, but m- coming for couple therapy, <laughs> that's really uh-huh. good. Yeah. But but you would if you th- there's ninety percent expats. Ninety percent are expats. Yeah. So I guess this, the fact that you. You go from zero to where you are now in such a short time. I, and I know you told me actually before we started recording, you're looking for more people. You, yeah, you have am. more demand than you can supply, right? Now more demand that I can supply. It also counts that uh, average counselor can, in this kind of, you know, demanding circumstances and cannot take more than 10, 15 people yeah. because it's very yeah. exhausting by the nature of the work. Yeah, yeah work because you need to listen. listen. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them have teenagers, some of them have couples that, you know, also require a different set of skills, more time. Mm. So I'm always trying not to overwhelm people. Yeah. And I always talk to my counselors to take also time for themselves and to take care of themselves because if they cannot take care of themselves, they cannot take care of our clients, you know? Mm. Mm. So I'm also trying to, you know, distribute, let's mm. say, stupid word, distribute the, the, the people yeah, the, uh, for the, the for the, the pressure. The, yeah, the pressure uh, mm. to, dif- to different counselors and by the different specializations, you know. Mm. So this is why I'm looking for also counselors, psychologists, psychotherapists, and mm. I'm tending to look for the clinical uh, profile now because we have a lot of. Uh, Unfortunately, clinical cases coming. Yeah. yeah. So this but is how, the situation now. But the, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, as I was saying, I mean, it means that there was a lot of demand, and and probably this was a market that was completely underserved. Underserved before. for sure. Mm. Well, you can see that uh, primarily because of the of the healthcare here in Czech Republic, mm. that 
mental health care, <coughs> you need to wait a long. You need to wait a long for the appointment. Mm. I don't know how it was exactly before COVID, but you need to, to wait like two or three months for the psychologist. Mm. And now for the public health care, you need to wait up to six months for psychologist or psychiatrist because mm. 20, 30 percent of the clients are also using medications. So they also need to get prescribed certain medication from the psychiatrist. Mm. Yeah. So in that sense, you need to wait long. Mm. Okay. The problem and the and the point that comes now, it's the waiting list lists are becoming longer and longer, and there are not, uh, not enough of qualified people who work in mental health care in a public, mm. yeah, sense. And in the private, there are also you know long waiting lists, long, not so long like in in public, but still people wait. And problem is that percentage of the counselors does not speak English mm. or mm. doesn't want to work with foreigners or also uh, finds the foreigner problematic, maybe far away from their specialization and so on. So that was something missing, mm. missing in this sense. Uh, I also, when I built it, I built it in my mind for foreigners. So that's how I advertised and built it. I wanted to foreigners ha to have like one stop shop mm. for all the kind of a mental health issues they're they're facing. So mm -hmm. for example, if I have a clients who come for the individual counseling, but they, you know, they say, you know, like I see the therapy is helping. I see also that I can drag in my partner for the therapy or my kid for the teenager therapy, you know? So I was really happy that we have families actually coming and getting the, you know, the care from us. And we are trying also to have really short wait, really short waiting lists. Mm. So people don't uh, have to wait, you know, a few weeks. Although this is also becoming challenging because demand is every week growing and growing. I have every week 10 to 15 clients mm. asking for the counseling. Mm. And I even didn't touch the companies that my plan in the future until I don't get enough of counselors who can also work for the, for the companies. You worked five years in, in, in HP, uh, Hewlett-Packard. Um, it's a huge company. And what is it that, that makes someone like you want to do something like this? Well... I mean, and actually, sorry, you mm -hmm. studied mathematics. Yeah, in it's high as school? cold as cold and <laughs> unpersonal as it gets. Yeah. yeah, in high school I studied mathematics, and then I moved to university. I studied social policy. Mm. I was studying on exchange program psychology, and then I mastered in social policy. But I moved to Prague uh, after my university degree. Mm. I was one of the expats going for the experience to move to a, you know another country, and I was on Erasmus, and I was always fond of traveling. So where where in Croatia are you from? Rijeka. And what kind of place is that? It's a third biggest city, very industrial, uh -huh. uh, and what I'm most proud of, it's very open. Uh, I'm half Serbian, half Croatian, so uh, we were always you know, kind of a being safe living in Rijeka mm -hmm. because in some other part of Croatia, there is not, a, you know, such this a welcome status. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And Rijeka is very LGBTQEA plus open as well. Uh, That's a lot of letters. What, what, what were the last ones there? LBT? LGBTQ. 
E-A. E-A, okay. Yeah, plus. Sorry. Plus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm also learning the terminology thanks to uh-huh. my uh, colleague, Linus, who is also one of our mental health counselors. And living in Rijeka was, for me, uh, you know, a good part of growing up. Mm. I was... Uh, very much exposed to the concert culture, to, you know, a lot of exhibitions, to a lot of activities always happening So it's a vibrant place. Very vibrant. Unfortunately, Mm. not now, because a lot of young people moved from Croatia and also from Rijeka. They're moving, first of all, to study to Zagreb, Mm. and they're moving forward, you know, out of the Croatia. Like, since 2013, 2014, we have a lot of Croatians actually leaving to Ireland, to Germany. Mm. So it's a big, like, you know, exodus of the people who are... Brain drain. Brain drain, definitely, Mm. yeah. And what is it, what was attractive to to you about going into social work? I mean, and you're doing, you're young when you start doing stuff like that, right? Well, yeah, I was before uh, volunteering in university. No, in high school I was volunteering. I was working in an association for... um, disabled uh, kids in teenagers Mm. and then I found my kind of you know the first I would say love Mm. towards helping and supporting I really like that Mm. and then kind of uh, I started to think about I mean what can you (laughs) you're 18 you know like you you want so many stuff Mm. I wanted to first be a teacher then I wanted to be an actor actress and then I was like oh I mean I like social work like helping and supporting people so kind of I I decided to go to to Zagreb and start university in social work field that again on third year of my university I stopped and I was preparing one year to go to academy of drama arts Mm. and then I did not get in and then I came back again to social work Mm And then so uh, you were almost an actress. Almost an actress, yeah. I like to perform. Yeah. I meaning I always like to uh, held the events, um, I like public speaking and so on. So it was kind of also for me natural to go in that sense. But I wasn't preparing a lot. I was mostly, you know, having more, <laughs> more times <laughs> drinking beers in some student clubs and discussing about some, you know, uh, books and you know, kind of uh, theater plays than actually, you know. Mm. Uh, practicing enough for the stage and I kind of again came back to to social work yeah I'm I'm very much of a you know bubbly person also with ADHD diagnosis for me you know mm. like I found every day some other possibility mm. that how- I can grab do think you know there are so many I'm saying from occupation wise mm. that I wanted to do from some you know daily activities that I, you know, think about in my head that I can do. So ADHD basically determines my life a lot. Yeah, I've, I've actually, like when you told me that you had ADHD, I wasn't... You say it so sweet, ADHD. Yeah, how, how do you say it? ADHD. But ADHD. Keep, the, keep how you say it, ADHD. I like it. Um, no, because when you told me that, I, I realized, okay, now, yeah, I can feel that. Because communicating with you, is very you're you're very responsive when you're responsive. You're very turned on somehow or switched on. And then when you came here now, I was like, wow, the, you know, you 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 bring a lot of energy with you. Yeah, everyone says that. And <laughs> but how how? But that's the that's the positive side, you know. I mean, in a way, I mean, like that that enables you to to get stuff done, and you and you start a lot of stuff. But what are the negatives? I mean, what's the 
you start but you don't finish you know uh-huh. that's also yeah that was for me if i'm not motivated by something if i don't see the sense mm. you know i have to see the sense at least 50 60% of the sense mm-hmm. otherwise i'll just going to leave it forget it drop it dismiss it you know simple stuff like doing a task for example in my corporate job that was really fascinating now i can talk about it <laughs> now when i'm away from that i would uh, start a task there will be i work in sales and we will have to price stuff mm. and i will just click in the program click click and at one moment my brain will just you know switch to other stuff and i would completely forget what i'm doing and i would turn on some music or i will start you know listening to some podcast or i would like stood up grab a coffee start reading book like you know there are so mm-hmm. many again possibilities i could again find just to escape something that i'm not interested in it was like this in school when i was you know a little kid i would like finish a task that was interesting to me really fast but something that was i was not interested in i would just you know stood up and i would just leave the classroom or that would jump mm. or i would like you know bother other kids i was always you know very much distracted but uh, when did you know that this was that you were different with this i mean what, what, because i guess i mean i don't know how, how I, yeah i don't know if it's even i should even ask you but you're younger than me and when i was young we had these kids in and i was probably you know borderline of of this myself because and we had these kids in our class mm-hmm. but no one had a clinical definition of what it was Ah, it's spoiled. It's a, uh, you know, you didn't raise him enough. Mm. Parents are, you know, don't know how to, you no know. No discipline. No discipline. You need to spank spank mm. her properly, you know. But uh, they, my mother defined it in my, you know, early age. She said to the teachers, you know, the she's hyperactive, you know, but that is also something, you know, you should also work with. And some of teachers recognized that and could handle that some of them unfortunately not but besides that i had like support from you know from from my family i was the only kid yeah i was a little bit spoiled a lot of beginning now i'm just a little bit spoiled but this hyperactive hyperactivity brought me more positive than negative stuff mm-hmm. that's what i you know also see see now but you lost 500 euros once in an once atm yeah you, you know, 500 euros uh mobile phones uh keys so you, you went to you went to the atm to take out money and then yeah, you forgot yeah. to bring take the 500 euros yeah i just you know i would forget about it because something else was around me and i would just forget about it and then of course when i came back there was no 500 euros mm. Um, but how do you feel when if something fails? I was fails, feeling angry. Mm, I was feeling angry. Now yourself. I don't feel angry anymore. Yeah, of course I feel angry at myself. Uh-huh. But now I don't feel many more angry because now I learned to say, you know, these things will happen. It's normal. You have ADHD. Now, of course, now I'm medicated as well, mm-hmm. and now I'm doing a lot of other activities to get me, you know, through my condition. Meaning, I play basketball, I run, I go to gym, I do yoga. Mm-hmm. I journal. Uh, I meet a lot of friends, you know. And are these things that you just kind of learn through the years? To, you to learn through the years. It's very difficult because sometimes, you know, I'd, I'll be judged by the environment, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and also people are like putting labels on you. Oh, you're too much. Oh, you're intimidating. Oh my God, how much energy you have, you know, like mm. this is all the things you you hear and you think, you know, well. 
something is not wrong, something is wrong with me, you know, why are people putting on me all these labels? Mm. That's what we tend to do. We tend to put all these labels on people, you know, oh, ADHD. When people say to me, yeah, of course, I know I have ADHD, but someone just being, you know, energetic and hyperactive doesn't mean that necessarily has ADHD. Now everyone is all yeah, of everyone sudden, is now decided. Every scientist, yeah. everyone knows, you know, doctor of science. Yeah. So uh, I learned now <laughs> to accept that, you know, and I proudly say it, okay? Mm. And kind of I, I, I warn sometimes people, I warn now my team, you know, I, when I calculate the salaries, for example, and we, you know, do this stuff as a team, you know, I'm, some, I'm bad with numbers, sometimes I mix the numbers, pardon me, bear with me, let's do it together. And they understand, of course, they're also yeah. psychologists, they're in this profession. Uh, and we accept it, yeah? Mm. Now, when with opening, I think also my own company, my ADHD also helped me a lot, you know, for the drive and for the passion and for the energy. Mm. So sometimes I criticize myself, but I say, oh, Amanda, you know, you have, you have your company that's doing very well with, with your amazing people around you. Sometimes, yeah, you forget uh, something. I, I mean, I mean, just recently, I lost in three months three pairs of head, headsets, Bluetooth headsets. I just leave them, and I don't get any more upset because, I mean, okay, you know, that's me. That's mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I'll try to be more careful. I'll try to find ways, but if it happens, I won't sabotage myself. But do you then so create, like, to, to find the ways, like, so you, I don't know, like, like this example with the, the headphones that you okay. lose that do you do you create yourself some routine or or i yeah. don't know i mean do yeah 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 i do yeah? i do now i have special compartment where i put them yeah always in the same place and i for the phone i also have this little bag <laughs> around my neck look like a tourist but yeah to put the phone inside mm -hmm. and so on and yeah uh for but, for that, uh, yeah, this is. <laughs> yeah, but the, this but, is a but way this to is go. You, yeah, this is you taking responsibility for your own condition yeah. in a way. Yeah, and for the others as well, you know, oh. like, and I learn not to be in panic when I lose something. Also, I travel a lot. I tend to. Oh, I left my passport once in a check-in <laughs> desk, and I went to the gates, and I just forgot the passport, you know. Mm. But also. We say God takes care of the, you know, of the fools. I always get <laughs> my stuff returned in a way. Like, yeah, I think uh, I got a lot of stuff <laughs> returned. <back. laughs> but, um, um, yeah, because I, I remember there was, there is this guy, this comedian in Iceland, and, and he was actually also a mayor of, of Reykjavik. And he, he has this, and, uh, and it wasn't discovered until very late, you know, like, and, and, and he's, yeah, he's of a generation also where this wasn't really, an, I don't, let's say, an accepted condition or clinically proven or whatever. And uh, and it was interesting to listen to him because he said that it's often when, like you were saying, now everybody is diagnosed with something, and and very often it's an excuse. It gives mm -hmm. you, it gives that person an excuse to behave, or. I don't know, not taking responsibility for it. Like he said, I'm, I have AIDS. Would you want to hear me say it? Again? ADHD. One dollar for every time you say it. ADHD, ADHD, ADHD. One crown, one crown. <laughs> and then uh, um, he, um, he said, I forget birthdays. I forget, you know, to call my friends when they're sick. I shouldn't. I, I, I need to find a way 
to work with this so that I can function mm. within the group of people yeah. that I belong to without making them feel that I don't care about them. And it's interesting what you're saying, like with the numbers, with the salaries of, of the people that work with you, that that by making them aware of the problem and say, let's just do it together, yeah, you kind of, you did your part in a yeah. way. And yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because I think a lot of people that get like a, like a clinical or, or, or I don't know what it's called. Like and a, even asking for help is in a way when we're taking responsibility, you know, asking for the therapy, asking for yeah, support, yeah. talking to a friend, a family, you know, taking in a way that you want to work on it, yeah, and that you are showing the society, you're showing to, first of all, proving to yourself. First of all, we, the thing is we are doing, we always need to prove first for ourselves, mm-hmm. yeah, and then to society, you know, so... Yeah. That is the thing, yeah. That is also a way of taking the, the responsibility, asking yeah. for help, you know. Exactly. Even taking medication for something, you know. Mm. A lot of people are, that's true, taking a lot light antidepressants and co- completely valid if this could, you know, get them through through the day and so on. Mm. Uh, now, now I'm not going to get to the point with, you know, pharmaceutical industry and so on and, and really fast prescriptions here, but in... Some way these medications do. But if you think they're fast here, you should go to Scandinavia. I mean, they, 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 like you, you can't even park outside your doctor. He will throw the the pills to your car. It's, I, when I moved to the Czech Republic, one of my positive experiences Mm -hmm. was going to a doctor here. I know, I do know, and I've realized now after talking to other people that my doctor is quite special. Mm -hmm. She would never give me any kind of medicine unless I'm, you know, like she, when I come sick, she's okay. Go home. If you're still sick after a week, if you still feel this after a week, then then I'll maybe give you something. You know, she never gives me anything um, automatically. And what I what I what I what I like here is that, and maybe it's because people didn't have enough money for medicine in the past mm-hmm. or something. But there is all there is much more kind of common knowledge about. Yeah, okay. If your throat is bad, mm-hmm. drink something with lemon. Okay, eat mint or. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there is more of this kind of home remedies. Obviously, with a condition like mm-hmm. HDHD, yeah, then it's 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 more tricky. It's just not a lemon drop in your tea. You know, it's gonna yeah. be it's something else. But what don't you think that there are certain lifestyle things or or other? That's for sure. I mean, medication mm-hmm. is like ten twenty percent. Uh huh. I would say, but gets you through. But the day, you know. But and you're doing this, you're walking, you're running, you're you're doing all these yeah, activities. Yeah, 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 that, and also this, this helps me to, you know, to nourish my ADHD. Mm. So it's medication, it's doing something I really like, and it's also doing the self-care stuff. So this is how in a whole package you manage, you manage it. Mm. Uh, it takes a lot of also discipline for all of this, because every day I need to, you know, do something like med- meditation, you know, or walking like i walk a lot now i'm gonna walk back home from here later i may go for basketball you know i'm just gonna shoot the world but this is my you know this is how i get calmer mm-hmm. yeah so and also i get a lot of you know good energy from the people i meet i mm-hmm. like to be social I like to be with people but when i need my time to recharge then it's my you know self remedies mm-hmm. But a lot of people think that medication can save them. That's completely not, you know, true. Mm. I am in for some, in some special condition circumstances and, you know, in life situation that sometimes dosing 
light antidepressants can you know do do you good for for some time but it should not be something you know primarily that you're determining your mental health status you know we're gonna want to talk to you a little bit about you know, like go back to your what you're doing and and, mm-hmm. and and how covid affected that and what were the main issues but i often think about it like like in your case i mean you it must have been difficult for you to be in the corporate world yeah with this was. condition right <laughs> yo that was that was a nightmare now when i look at it now i mean i just i mean it's it's been like not even a month since i kind yeah. of a uh, left there and I don't feel like I was talking to my colleagues today that I just don't feel like I, that I work there you know mm. it's so far away from me because mm. now I finally do what I like mm. I really I, you know now I'm not saying anything bad I like the I like the company and yeah, the vibe yeah. and culture and, and colleagues but the the whole corporate system and organization there god bless I hope I would not come <laughs> there again. again but that's uh, that's interesting because what you were saying earlier like so so people are leaving, like like your country, like Croatia. I've I've only been once or twice to Croatia, and I loved it. I mean, I haven't been to the coast or something. I have friends mm-hmm. there that I went to visit, and we were in a summer house. I really liked it. It's a beautiful country. It has a lot to offer, but people are leaving. Yeah, and they're actually leaving to go into big corporates. Big somewhere. corporates, yeah, because there are no big corporates in Croatia. And it's uh, also the thing for like, the starting job for someone like graduate like me when I started. It was, mm. you know, good and you have motivation and you have drive. And there is a lot of things that corporates offers to us. They offer us multi-sport cars. They offer us benefit plus, lunch vouchers. Mm. You, uh, they offer us recognition points, flight tickets, you know, mm. this all nice pack, uh, warm seat at the office. Uh, but also, nice you coffee, know... Nice coffee. Nice coffee and tea. But also... Long, uh, long working hours and inability to actually be yourself fully. That is very hard for someone like me because I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm very picturesque person and I'm very expressive. For me, mm. completely expressing myself there would make my colleagues you know, think about that I'm not, you know, disciplined enough or polite enough or I don't know how to play. I, li- I like you more now when I hear this. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're politically incorrect then, or or. <laughs> yeah, well, if you say something like yeah. that, yeah. But on the other hand, you know, uh, I learned a lot of you know business things there mm-hmm. that helped mm-hmm. me a lot mm-hmm. with my with my company. But I also learned that I cannot cope with with something like finding you know yourself place under the sun while trying to you know be liked by someone who is some decision maker. And that was a killer for me, you mm. know, that I have to go through the process that I would actually have to, you know, show myself someone in some nicer light than I am and show that I can do this and that. For me, that was a nightmare. Yeah, that's why I did not succeed. I think that my main point was not succeed there and I did not move my, you know, in my, in my position because I always stay kind of, you know, truthful to myself and I did not change that much with my personality and, and so on. That's why it's very simple to show that I've been very much okay with my customers and partners there. I really, really like working with them and I was traveling a lot. But in the management structure and so on, I was not, you know, most favorable mm. cup of tea. Mm. And at the end, you know, when, when I left, I left in a good terms and I really wish them all the best. And I left, you know, 
in the same way as I came, being myself. This, you know, did not did not Changed change you. me. No, no, and that's that's why, you know, I told myself when we, you know, when we agreed to leave from from also from their side, I told myself, you know, whatever world takes me and whatever this is, you know, I, you know. I'll find my place under the sun. And if it takes me to clean, if it takes me to bartend, if it takes me to do any kind of a job mm. that will make me, you know, put the bread on my table, I will do it, you know. But I won't, you know, change myself drastically, you know, not being that smiley and hyperactive and expressive Amanda just to get, you know, you know, what, mm. 200, 300 euros more and, you know, mm. but, but better I, job title. Yeah. But I think, but I think, I think like... Um, I think in in it's it's such an interesting thing because you know like we, we're talking here about you have built a service for expats and 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 Prague is a city which is it's very much built around expats in 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 well a lot of the let's say the big international corporates that are here have mm-hmm. a, um, they do employ a lot of expats and I, I'm lucky enough to have been since I was very young, I've always been at the top of every organization. I never had to work within the system. I was always at the top of the mm-hmm. system. And I'm, I'm, I'm always so amazed how many people, how, or how somehow those companies managed to get people to move away from their homes, from their families and whatever it is that they leave behind, and to work within a clockwork where exactly what you're saying, you're supposed to fit in, you're supposed to be liked, you're supposed to say the right words, you're supposed to dress the right way, and you're supposed to show a behavior that might not even be you. And then you leave, and you left nothing behind. You're replaced within You're replaced hours. very fast. Yeah. I was replaced by two colleagues who just shared my territory, and that's, you know, okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. And... And there is no, there's never a statue of you outside the building. They won't write books about you. There is no legacy. Yeah. And, and, and I and I think about it like, it's for me, it's a scam. <laughs> you know, yeah, like we take we take a lot of creative people. We take a lot of people that could do something by themselves, or could you know, bloom in something, and we put them into this corporate machine. And then we tried to whitewash them all so that they are all the fucking same, without opinions, without character, without flavor. That's a package they sell. That's a dream they sell. Yeah, yeah but That's, it's a fucking nightmare. It's a it's a lie. It's yeah. a it's a lie. I also agree that it's a lie. Uh, I was last year on a, on a job uh, interview inside the HP, and one guy. I was so now I'm thirty one, and I was thirty. Yeah, mm. and I. Okay, with 30, I didn't see, you know, like everything in the world. But I see, I, you know, I've been through some stuff. And when he told me, Amanda, you know, you're very, very talented. Mm. But Amanda, you need to groom yourself. You need to be more corporate. You need to learn. You need to adapt, you know. And that was, you know, my wake-up call. I would only call, tell actually. this to my enemy, not to my yeah, friend. Yeah, <laughs> There was only the wake-up call from mm. a manager who was like, I mean, 20 years in a corporation. And he, he poor thing, he thought that I would groom and that I will be corporate and then so on. Yeah, but that was, he gave me a, such an amazing favor that that was Confirming. actually... Confirming. That was actually when I yeah. put down the phone, I was like, you know... I'm one, you know, well, just one step closer to getting out of here. Mm-hmm. And then I will now, you know, kind of, you know, not show you. I don't have to prove anything to anyone. You know, what 
you know, what I can actually do. And he mm-hmm. told me, what you're doing with Prague integration, you know, this just local service. You're you're born to do more. And this is like it was such a be such a poor, poor speech, you know, of oh, you know, I don't know what he read it on Wikipedia or wherever. Like it was so <laughs> bizarre. Yeah, I just hang up the phone, prayed for his soul. Mm-hmm. He did. He did me a favor. So, yeah. but not you know, including that I met a lot of amazing people there. Yeah, I think yeah, the corporates no. are now more. I hope they will more nourish the 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 character of the people and actually, the 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 richness some people can bring them to the to the table. But that's true. There will always be some order that exists there, some organizational structure, some mm-hmm. rules we need to follow. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is that in my in my mind, what it, what is happening in the corp- corporate world is that. Um, they have all these policies about, you know, diversity, openness, and so on. But actually, it's not real. No. I mean, you, you uh, like someone like you, I mean, groomed. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, what is actually grooming? I'm trying to understand this. What yeah. does it mean, groom? Maybe if he listens to this podcast, he can say us what is grooming. Mm. Uh, but uh, for now, I, I, I haven't. <laughs> you know, haven't seen Masa definitely. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's really it's in, it's interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, so let's go. Yeah, let's go to the to to so, and that's actually why I wanted to have you here. Now we've spent forty minutes talking about all sorts of crap. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> let's go. To let, the real let's stuff. go to the real stuff. No, no, all of this has been very real. Um, so, so what I I I ch- I, I, I checked you out b- before, like and. What I was curious to see is that the, as you said, like your business kind of took a very different direction and took off when COVID started. Mm-hmm. So how and, and and as as we talked about, it's like ninety percent of your clients are or or customers are 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 expats. So and and here in the Czech Republic, we had lockdowns. We had kind of like very drastic measures. In the beginning, offices were closed. People were working from home. I don't think we, we couldn't even be outside after like nine o'clock in the yeah. evening. And you should only go out with your dog and blah blah blah. Yeah. How did you know? What? How did you see this? What, how did this affect people? Yeah, it affected the people. You know, a lot. First of all, that was a. I think you know, just like a big you know life change. That mm. all of a sudden your life is inside your apartment. Mm. Yeah, can you imagine? You're going to work, you're commuting, going to school, you are, you know, hanging out with your friends, having, drinking coffee from your favorite, you know, bar. Everything, it's closed. Mm. Yeah, everything, you know, and everything is back to your four four walls with your family. Mm. Yeah, a big, you know, a big switch for people. That also affects also the mental side that people are, first of all, you know, scared they are uncertain, they fear for their health, they fear for the health of their family, especially mm. if they have older parents, they fear generally for the society, mm. okay? Because when COVID started, we didn't know a lot about it, okay? After some months, it kind of, uh, you know, gave us the story how what COVID is, what kind of virus it is, how it mutates, what is the possibility to get a vaccine and so on. But before... We haven't knew about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you see an expat, average an expat being in a foreign country, you know, besides, you know, taking him all of this that I mentioned, but also taking him possibility that he could see his family, 
parents, parents, siblings. you know, anyone, mm. and it's locked mm. in a country mm. that's not his, where mm. he anyway has more difficult access to the services, you know, uh, because he or she or they they don't speak Czech. Mm. Okay, so this was something you know that I've seen as a you know as a kind of a extremely extremely okay like problematic you know field that for my side required you know thinking that there must be some way how we can tackle that okay mm. so this is this is how it started and actually pandemic helped me a lot to you know to kick off Prague integration and this mental health program mm. uh, coming back to what how, how it affected actually people but you're so sorry because mm. I, I i'm curious about this like mm. because in some way we i i often felt like i've been an expat myself in 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 two different countries and then i worked in i don't know 70 countries or something you know like i've been all over the world and i often felt that expats are running away from something you know or they, yeah. or, they or they want something different than what their original environment offers them and um it being an expert also gives you a certain freedom away from expectations and uh, you know you don't have to go to every birthday that is yeah. in your home country which you might be forced to do and and you know like it, yeah it gives you the freedom of choice and so it's actually quite interesting that that this group feels f- isolated from their family where actually they might be running away from the family in the first place. Yeah, but now they are put, you know, in a in a four walls, and mm. now you know it's basically you know the they same. They see what really matters to them. Yeah, and also that. Yeah, also that, and of course, in this kind of a situations, we always in the, the extremely difficult situa- situations, we always want to be in a known environment. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. so this is kind of a, what I would see affected also experts in terms of pandemic. So, but yeah, I also run away from yeah, also run away from monotony yeah. of of Zagreb where I studied and monotony mm-hmm. of my friends getting, you know, married and no one kind of a not 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 being not the same as me, but not having maybe, you know, the same plans or aspirations. That's completely okay. But mm. this is something that actually like you said, expert life provides you. Mm. Yeah. So I understand also this point. But when we are in these d- difficult situations, we turn to what we know. Yeah. Mm. What is comfortable for us. Because we are I mean as you were saying, I mean, we live here in a country where, you know, most of the information is not in English. We are a marginal group somehow, you know, like I don't know how often I've picked up the phone and called somewhere and when I say, please, do you speak English? And they just hang up. Yeah. Or they call me to t- trying to tell me something important as I'm really sorry, I don't speak Czech. Could you speak English? And they just hang up. So I guess when there's uncertainty, as you were saying, you know, like we didn't know how does COVID transmit, who is really at risk, what, what's the, the probability yeah. of, you know, getting really sick or dying or whatever. And and then, yeah, then it's maybe natural to think, oh, I wish I was with my family or, or yeah. I wish I was in a better, or an environment that I know better, let's say. Yeah. You know, think, thinking about like, will borders open? Mm. You know, and, Going to that point, will I, you know, stay alive? What if I get sick? You know, yeah, there are a lot of people. Who's gonna take care of me? Who's gonna take care of me? Yeah, a mm-hmm. lot of people who approach approach us like I have a health anxiety, you know, or I have like, I see so many comments on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. I see so many, you know. You drop your earring. My one euro, H and M earring. 
I just don't want you to lose anything here. It's okay. It would be horrible for the HTSD person. Yeah, too. you see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but so so and that's 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 I guess I I remember that I saw that in the beginning of the pandemic that, and I didn't think about this. You know, like there were people that that live alone. They don't. They may be new here. Mm-hmm. They don't even have friends. They just moved here. Yeah. Can you imagine? You just can you imagine yourself just move here from Iceland? Yeah. You know, you start off in your new corporate job and then you have to be at home you're just like you know looking for for your onboarding with your new colleagues but then bam mm-hmm. you're home in your studio flat you live somewhere i don't know in kobilisi mm-hmm. and you're like kobilisi is the middle of nowhere in prague for those who for are not those who here. don't know yeah. <laughs> a little bit of Prague. you need the passport to go there <laughs> but but and and then as you say I, I i can i mean i i i'm 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 yeah i don't know i don't know i'm maybe not uh, I wouldn't have that anxiety because, you know, I've built that network here. I always know that there will be certain people that I could call if I got really sick or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But I, I can imagine this for a person who like, okay, so how am I going to get my food? I'm not allowed to go out or I'm quarantined because I came in touch with someone. So I guess this created a lot of issues mm. that, that came to you. Yeah, that's a lot. And it, you know, it came in a way that... It just boomed, yeah, mm. especially when we start to advertise it. Mm. And then I registered the company and so on. <coughs> and then the name is self-integration, you know, meaning it's some inclusion, yeah. Mm. It all kind of uh, created the need and people start to contact us more and more, yeah. First, we started with volunteering uh, groups like group supports on donation, mm. yeah. But then we developed the pricing model that is always still, you know, acceptable for the experts. So we don't mm. overprice our services. But I remember that at the beginning, you know, like we posted in Prague Morning, we posted our uh, support group info. I woke up in the morning and I had like 70 registrations mm-hmm. and I had like four psychologists. You know, 70 people and I have four psychologists. Like After one article. After one article, then I saw, you know, the, the need is... It's very much here and I need to work with it. So I mm-hmm. mobilized as much as researchers as I, I could. And we started with the group support. Uh, mm-hmm. But then in the group support, it's very hard to, you know, uh, build the groups if the people don't have the common issues. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I mean, then the group loses the sense. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we developed the individual model and then the partner counseling that has become a very popular program, especially uh, with like, <laughs> we have Czechs and Americans, Czech, Spanish, Czech, French, you know, there is a lot mm. of a mixed uh, uh, local and expert families that, mm. that come for the, for the counseling. Mm. Uh, this is one of my, my, one of my favorite programs, actually, because I see that it's bringing a lot of, uh, you know, attention and also um, a lot of, how would I say, possibilities for us because there are not a lot of uh, couple counselors Mm. Again, here mm. that experts can you know go to, yeah. and then we build the teenagers, and then the crisis intervention, and so on. So, you know, things start to things mm. start to roll in that mm. sense, yeah. But I guess also like in in this like so in this case, I mean, this is just a unique event in in some way. I mean, I think in my life, the only thing I remember is when we were being told that we would die from an atomic bomb or like there would be a nuclear war. But it wasn't like every fucking day and some numbers in the papers and, and stuff like that. So so what what happened with COVID is that people are put into this, you know, it's connected to the, the, the primitive brain in ours and when we are fight or flight and, and we are in a, in, a, in a certain mode. 
doesn't that or has have you seen that that magnifies like i don't know alcohol abuse domestic violence i mean what yeah what what happens then within those four walls when you actually lock people in there mm. what are the typical oh well we were getting um, calls for um, uh, abused mm. individuals both uh, male and female but mostly female were calling us uh, also like very much of alcohol abuse uh, substance abuse as well uh, and then panic attacks mm. uh, anxiety depression depression yeah mm-hmm. like from mild to heavy depression suicide as well you know especially for the individuals like we mentioned before who are alone you know and don't have adequate social support also elderly people reaching out although they're mostly Czechs but we have some experts individuals who are elderly and who needed some help and support uh, it it actually triggers okay i'm not saying that you know, because of covid these things develop they can mild you know anxiety and mild depression can be exclusively the result of covid but there are 50 60% of the cases when it just you know triggered co- covid old, triggered yeah. covid triggered it mm. yeah that maybe the science had been there before yeah and the science the or even the 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 problem was existing there before but a lot of people were, for example, getting treatment in their home country, and now here, you know, they didn't find adequate mental health professional. They were maybe taking some pills prescribed from the GP, but the treatment, you know, they weren't going through any kind of a treatment, even talking about it, you know. Mm. So you have to see that with the mental health here in Czech Republic, and especially, you know, this for the for the experts, a lot of things have opened after the COVID mm. because now everyone's talking about mental health, but Two or three years ago, it was no not like cared. that, yeah, yeah. right? Mm. Uh, companies are organizing uh, workshops, uh, preventing, for example, burnout, stress management, employee assistance plans and programs. Mm. Uh, there are free webinars everywhere, you know, like mm. now mindfulness programs and so on. This boomed, okay? Mm. This being because it showed us how valuable it is our mm. mental health care and uh, mental health status and health. And that we did not take a lot of, you know, actually care about it. Mm. I remember myself, you know, I was also anxious because of because of this. Yeah, I'm I'm very fond of it, and I'm going to the therapy for for a longer time. But I've, you know, when this happened with COVID happened, I was also very very much anxious, you know. And I know that my anxiety how, that wh- existed what happened? before. I mean, did that? Did that? I mean, how did it feel for you? I mean. Wh- did it get make your ADHD worse or, or not so much ADHD, but just my anxiety? I was mm. also I was diagnosed before with, uh, with with anxiety. It my anxiety got worse that I'm just locked that I cannot see my friends, do my activities, see my boyfriend. Mm. You know, uh, for me that was that was hard stuff. You know, like my life is gone. I was like, oh my god, like I was at home, like my life. You know, is it's gone, this is the end. You know, I was also panicking mm-hmm. and really openly say say about it. I was very mm-hmm. much in a panic. Mm-hmm. Short time, but I experienced also the, the panic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I my friends as well, you know, like we were, we were Zooming, you remember that those like wine dates through through Zoom and so on. We were yeah. very much in a in a panic this, this first period that was like first month or two. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because I mean people didn't know. No and nobody knew. Um but I'm just curious, you mentioned this that People are 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 contacting you about you know maybe domestic violence or or suicide thought mm-hmm. how 
how does that feel if 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 I don't know to someone just sent you an email yeah, I'm I'm suicidal. Yeah, for first of all, when someone you know is suicidal, we always need to you know check if someone has like active suicidal thoughts. And first of all, we are not medical facility, so we cannot deal with someone who is you know suicidal and this person needs a psychiatric help. Mm. We have a crisis intervention line uh, run by uh, our counselor Gail Whitmore, mm. who has been doing this for twenty years voluntarily in the Czech Republic and who's been amazing asset, but this per- person who is having an active suicide thoughts and who is in danger for himself, for the others, or who is in any kind of a crisis, usually needs psychiatric help. So there Yeah, but, I, but, but just, I'm just wondering, you know, like, because, you know, if you get that email, yeah, you get if, 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 if you get an email, I'm suicidal, how do you feel? Well, I feel... It, it doesn't feel easy to, to read something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got used to that, that, well, I'm here and my job is to help and support these people. Not everything is in my power, but mm-hmm. let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. So I usually transfer them to our colleague, Gail. So Gail handles uh, those cases and helps them, sometimes even goes with them to psychiatric and helps them with translation and support and so on. Mm-hmm. So, or for example, a sexual assault, mm. also that, when we will like help uh, with, she will help uh, for the individuals to go to police, mm. for the ladies to go to the police and go to the gynecology and so on. Mm-hmm. And she's been really great as doing this, you know, independently for the last 20 years. So we cooperate with her. Mm. There are not a lot of these cases, but every, you know, suicide attempt or like announcement that so it should be definitely you know taken care of and mm. we need to put attention on it so mm. i immediately react okay so yeah yeah I, but, I, but I, it, it must feels just difficult must, yeah. it is difficult but i do best thing i can in mm. given circumstances mm. and of course it affects me i'm human but i know this is this is part of my job that this kind of things uh-huh. would, would appear. Yeah, because I hear if you wouldn't create that mindset in yourself, it you would be paralyzed. Or, or yeah, I hear a lot of personal stories as mm. well. You know, like when people call and ask for the help and support before I send them to the counselor, but they write in their emails in the applications. You know, I once I, I read about like I don't have any reason to live, and this is my last attempt for help. You know, mm. that's that's awful to hear. You know, mm. but. If this is your, you know, your, your attempt, you still have some hope in yourself, and it means that you know, yeah, yeah, there's you still, still hope see because something, yeah, wouldn't. and that actually drives me to help that person, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's why I have my team who's doing it very successfully. Others must sometimes be hard for so for them because they're also humans and they also mm-hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's their, that's our, let's say, profession. You know, that's something that that we. Yeah, you, cho- you chose to do this. I mean, choose to, we choose uh, to do this, yeah. yeah. So, I guess, like, yeah, I mean, like, if we... <clears throat> that All these problems, like, you know, domestic abuse, alcohol abuse, substance abuse, um, couples issues, depression, anxiety... Um, and I mean, I guess also a lot of poor, how do you say, like physical issues that, that come yeah, with this. Yeah, that mean, also become... Yeah, um, and they are all kind of, you know, like, and then the isolation, the social isolation, isolation from the family, the fear of, of the, the disease. I mean, there are, these are so many things kind of mixed into one part. 
and it all magnified during COVID. Yeah. Has it has changed or do do or is it is it still like I don't know if it was level ten after two months, is it level five now? Or I mean, do, do, are, or are these issues still there? I mean, or they are still there. Uh, mm. People are still fearing about COVID, mm. but less than before because now they can see with the vaccine that things are changing and moving in more so positive and you know less dangerous way. Okay, still, yeah, we have some hospital. We have hospitals also getting full, but it's not like last year. So mm. there is, you know, people can see by, you know, by the statistics that things are moving. Yeah. But the mental health problems, they did not disappear. No. You know, we just didn't talk about from about them before. Yeah. We didn't put emphasis on that. There were not so many like advertised mental health counselors, professionals. There are so many platforms now that you can see like uh, better help it's very famous people are you know that's advertised everywhere that online counseling and so on before you did not have an online counseling mm. it was not commodity yeah? you could have to go to your counselor you have to see him her uh for the session now you can just you know click it and you're talking with someone mm. right mm. so i think the approach towards it and also our acceptance that this is really okay to talk about it and that mental health should be important and should be addressed and should be talking about has changed. That's what I really like. Mm -hmm. And I talk with a lot of people and say what I'm doing and there's some amazing therapy. When I hear therapy change my life, that's like you know amazing thing to hear. You know, therapy helped me, therapy changed my therapist, you know, so amazing. And when the client just write me an email, thank you so much for providing this, you know, like your therapist, like, was an amazing asset to me, helped me so much, you know, I feel like, you know, that I'm finally able to do something, that's, you know, that's such a, you know, nice thing to hear, that's such a, you know, blessing mm -hmm. for, for myself personally, yeah. But, um, so it, 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 yeah, I guess this, on the long run, the positive effect of COVID is that um, people will find find it more natural to to seek the service and the service will be more available and in different forms because it had to be available in different forms. But on the other hand also, I mean, <clears throat> the long-term effect of of keeping everyone scared and mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm, for me personally, I'm, I'm most worried about the kids because when you, when you hear about, often when you hear about someone's story, then, um, it's very often that yeah, I was five years old and I felt responsible for my father who was an alcoholic or something. I had to clean up my father's mess when he mm. was drinking or, I, or, or I, I watched my mom beat my dad. Or, you know, like, and, 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 and we're often talking about like minutes or an hour of a child's life, one event that marked them for life. And... And they are then dealing with it 20, 30, 40 years. Some of them never deal with it. And Some they, of them never yeah, deal and they, with and that, they, yeah. they end up being a mess, you know. Um, luckily, some people deal with it. Then maybe now, yeah, after COVID, there'll be, you know, more kind of recognition of, of the need for that. But, but what I'm thinking now is like, I think, okay, for two years, we have told kids that they could kill their grandparents or that they need to take responsibility for other people's health, not just their own, but they, that we made them complicit somehow for some global health. And I'm, I'm, I'm personally really, really worried that this will 
have a long-term effect on those children because, yeah, I, I mean, I remember still when I was five years old in Rotterdam and some fucking guy in a, in a, in a carousel screamed at me and I was so fucking scared. This was five seconds of my life, but it had, I still remember it, I'm 48. It's like 44 years ago or 43 years ago. Do you know what I mean? So now we created this traumatic situation for all these children and young people. Don't you think that, you know, you will have to have 2,500 people working for you in just 10 years from now? <laughs> well, you know, there will be certainly uh, growth of the, of the number of the people, but also I think that not a lot of people will still ask for help. Mm. You know, not everyone would ask for help. And I hope so that, you know, and also from that percentage, I think that they could be potentially, you know, like treated in a younger age. Mm. Yeah. Or they could be, you know, uh, put in a, in a kind of a maybe different kind of, a, you know, therapies, maybe not just in a way of, uh, of, of a speaking, of a speaking therapy and so on. And that parents should also be the one that we have to educate the parents, you know, mm. to, to, you know, help the kid get through this traumatic, you know, experience. Mm. If parent is not actually causing it. Yeah. Mm. So I see the growth and the, you know, the mental demand, health, the yeah. demand, yeah. Mm. Uh, and I see, and sometimes I'm scared. That's true, I will admit you. Sometimes I'm scared when I see how many people are reaching out and will I have enough counselors and so on. But it will be like every kind of a service you need to wait. Mm. You will probably mm. then need to wait for this mm. as well. Because before you could get easily access to, in the private sense, you could easily access to the mental health counselor. Mm. And... Uh, with with the public healthcare, it's a little bit different. But now, even with private, you need to you need to wait. Even with going through some you know examination and so on, now you also need to wait longer, mm. right? Because the appearance of the new diseases that is coming, you know, and specializations also in in medical profession is just growing. And yes, there are more of them, right? But we will have to, you know, we have to still wait because mm. I know now when I will go for a checkup, I certainly have like two, three weeks, four to wait. Mm. Even I will mostly with the private healthcare. I have to, you know, be put on a waiting list. So that will be our future, yeah. Mm. Or you will, you know, have to invest more. Mm. You will have to invest more. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I just find this really, I, th I think the long-term the long term, I personally think that the long term effect will be the the most on, on the children, you know, like oh, because well, that has sense, because yeah. they don't have the the ability to process this in a logical way and 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 uh, and you know like and <laughs> like we you know we are we are very exposed to f to to fear when we are young, you know, like um, and and uh, and to be be made responsible for someone's death must be one of the worst ideas that a kid gets into their head mm, you know that's for sure but this is something that should be communicated for them you know mm. and also from from their from the uh, home from the school and so on you mm. know this should be something that should that can be openly discussed you know but i'm missing, I hope yeah. that i hope that this is happening also in schools yeah yeah but that's i'm i'm, I'm not sure because yeah, i don't know well, i don't want i'm not sure as well i don't want to yeah. insult all the school teachers who are listening to this but i i actually i actually feel that they are 
probably the some of the most scared people because you know they're meeting a group of 20 30 kids every day and and uh, and they spend hours in the classroom mm-hmm. um and it doesn't seem to matter to those teachers that they're not even in risk group themselves they they seem to be scared so i'm I, yeah I, I don't know i mean we we can solve that here you know like it will be a booming business in the future i'm sure about that treating kids that are traumatized from being told that they could kill people when they were 5 years old or something um <laughs> Yeah, it's not even funny, but yeah. Um, but I, I, but there's one thing also that you told me that has happened in this is that um, big companies are kind of, let's say, bringing mental health yeah, into, on the table, yeah. yeah, and offering to. It's going to be part of kind of the, I don't know what you call it, like a privilege. No, like a benefits. Yeah, it's ben- a benefit. benefit. Yeah, benefit. benefit yeah. yeah, or they pay for your therapy mm. in terms of directly paying for the service, or they have fixed uh, some rate that they pay per employee mm. or they hire someone in-house to do stuff for them especially like a big corporate can and the awareness that. the awareness about this has been growing yeah. with covid I yeah guess. awareness is still growing i think also in czech republic it started to grow more mm. and more mm. uh czechs have unique tenden- tendency to resell stuff you know in hospoda with beer but i think also now they're like putting more emphasis on their mental health care mm. also in czech companies not just in international companies Mm. So uh, I see I see development in that. So sense. that's a positive thing because I mean, if 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 those horrible faceless corporations that we spent our lives working for become a little bit better by by offering us some remedy to the to our yeah. you know issues, then it, yeah. that's a positive thing because usually you know like that means that you need to wait less and there'll be more availability, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But will we have enough therapists? I mean. Well, that depends also on... Yeah. Uh, will, do we have enough doctors nowadays? No, I don't know. Yeah, not so much. No. Yeah, like it's always... They're always missing. Yeah, doctors are always... The medical professionals are always missing, you know? Mm. Or they're going for the better opportunities. Will uh, government else, yeah. uh, put pay more higher? subvention, pay higher, mm. hire more people in the, you know, mental health care as a pub, part of the public system? Mm. We don't know. No. For now, they're not investing a lot in the public mm. health care system. What did you do? Like, so, <clears throat> what what are your coping mechanisms? You know, like you you said you you shoot basketball. Yeah, sometimes I shoot I shoot balls. <laughs> you walk. I walk a lot. I I read. I also uh, listen to. Uh, now I'm trying to understand more of, about crisis intervention. Believe it or not, that's also my remedy. I like to learn about it. Mm. I'm really interested in that. I I. I like to party. Mm. I like to But you know, what dance. did you do more of? What did you like when when COVID started and everything kind of went upside down? When you kind of let's say found yourself after the initial I time? did I did stuff for my company. That was my mm. go to, yeah. And I did yoga. Mm. I walked a lot with my flatmate. We were walking a lot. That kind of you know helped us when even we couldn't die. Yeah, yeah, you can just walk in your neighborhood. We were, you know, yeah. we'd walk. We really needed to, you know, <laughs> to get this energy out. And of course, like what I do now, I just like, I like to travel alone. Mm. Like that's my thing. Mm. My biggest, you know, medicine is to travel alone. So I went to alone to New Zealand a year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to Costa Rica and Panama also alone mm. for a month and something. And that's oh. just time for myself, you know, when... 
I'm not around people, that I'm so often around people. Mm. Now I have my, you know, time for myself. When but I I'm decide, th- will I be with people or not? <laughs> yeah, you can make that choice. But I'm thinking more like, like let's say, I, I was what I was trying to get from you is I'm like, what are three, four good advices for people that are, how do you say, still affected by this COVID? They, they still, I don't know, can't mm, travel okay. or whatever. I mean, like, so what? Yeah, traveling. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, to limit the, the, their exposure to the news. Mm. Like, don't uh-huh. read the news. Read the news with the checked sources. Mm. You know, check the source. Don't read the comments of the people. Mm. <laughs> uh, second of all, really find something that you like to do, you know. Something that you always wanted, but you didn't did not do. Didn't mm. do it. Third of all, like, spend time, like, fresh air. That's true. Like, fresh mm. air, like walk, do any kind of activity that makes you happy and make, make create a routine for it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And fourth of all, it's just, you know, like, ask for help when it's needed mm-hmm. because it's, it's worth it mm-hmm. and it can really change your life. And I know it's not for free most of the time, but investing in it can bring you long-term yeah. you know, benefits. I don't think anybody asked for help and came out worse. Yeah. I think everybody came out a little bit better. Yeah, but I but it's interesting because you know um, what you're saying is be human, you know, and and you know exercise, uh, take care of yourself, do something that gives you a reward, communicate, ask for help. This is all being human. Now, when COVID started, um, it's the first time I think in medical history where anybody advises you to stay inside, order your fast food. I mean, of course, they didn't tell you to order fast food, but that was kind of the the easiest way yeah. and and this is a restaurant actually yeah. and, <laughs> from don't don't get um, don't get sunlight don't get fresh air don't go to the gym this went against everything that my doctors have been telling me my whole life they've been telling me to stop smoking eat healthier sleep better exercise get sunlight do you think that was this the right is it the right thing to try to clock Humans away no, from each I other. No, I don't think so. No? Like the limits should exist, but the, the, the radical and drastic how it was, it very much affected us in a way. And we're always going to remember it. And mm. it will affect us, like you, you said, yeah? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> mm. Okay, I think we're good. Uh, kind of like I wanted to get you to tell me those hints. and um, Where will your company go? I mean, what, what do you, if you think... I don't know, it's very corporate to ask. And I'll, maybe you mm-hmm. should be a little bit Grow. more groomed. <laughs> no, but, but if you think five years, I mean, I, I know when you have a company of your own, you don't think five years. You think five weeks or five months or something. But, yeah, but where do you think, wh- wh- where can you imagine it going? Well, I always wanted to stay for the, you know, I, I wanted to stay for the experts at the beginning. Mm. But I would also like to help also support the locals. Mm. And I would also like to, have departments, you know, uh, in or some different other, in the, maybe different countries. Uh-huh. Maybe I will basically, I was thinking about going to the countries who have also like high number of the expats and mm. creating some uniqueness there in some cities like, you know, Berlin or Budapest yeah. Yeah, or Bratislava. Or Vienna or, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. 
I also want to engage uh, more in uh, specific programs connected with the crisis intervention that we are now developing. And of course, now we'll go to the to the companies, and I want to you know to offer some specific programs for the companies, mm -hmm. very practical, connected mm -hmm. with mental health. I mm -hmm. see that. Maybe you know now exactly. I don't know what will be in two three years, but then for the next year, my go tos are companies and organizations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it, it, I guess yeah, it's it's one of the positive things about. That what COVID brought is is maybe more awareness and uh, more availability of of the service, and let's just hope that we have enough people to answer all those um, you know needs. Yeah, I truly hope forward. so. But that also the lack of the people is also <laughs> getting us to there when everyone is you know kind of uh, being an expert. They mm. finishing some few days course and they call themselves a life coach or something. So it's really important for the people to distinguish that, you know, who is a trained mental health professional, who is mm. some, you know, instant coach from Coursera. So, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, but I guess also with that, I mean, like, it depends on the seriousness of, 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 of your issues. I mean, for sometimes, sure. sometimes, as you said before, sometimes it can be enough to talk to a friend. Enough, yeah. But, but, but when you have real problems, then you need to go and get real help. Yeah. You have a rabbit. Yes. What's his or her name? Very creative. It's called, she's called Zechica. Uh -huh. And it means bunny in Croatian. <laughs> Creativity well, how, points. How, how, do you, how do you manage to create, like, bunny is a relatively simple word. Yeah, but Zechica means baby girl, like girl bunny. Uh -huh, uh, girl she's bunny. a girl, yeah. Okay. And uh, you take her out or... Once I took her out on a little leash and uh, <laughs> we saw a big dog coming, so we just like went back to yeah. <laughs> to the building. Yeah, I, she runs away around the house. She chews cables okay, and uh, chargers and yeah, like sweaters. So when something disappears at home, it can be either you lost it or she ate it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, where can people follow follow um, Prague Integration? They can follow on Facebook, mm. on Instagram, LinkedIn, or simply visit our site. Okay, I will put all the links to the episode that description. That will be really amazing. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you, if you want to promote any of your personal accounts or something like that, I, then I'll put that in as well. Yeah, sure, we but can work uh, with that as well. <coughs> so... Amanta, I think, yeah, it's been great to have you. Very interesting. Um, went completely differently from what I wanted it to be. Um, but it's. I think it was fine. Thank you very much. Thanks. I'm glad <laughs> that bye -bye. I was here. Yeah, Thank bye -bye. you very much. Goodbye. Bye.